0: You are listening to episode 198 of This Is Type 1. Today, we're talking about impact sports and type 1 diabetes, specifically Jesse's experience with rugby. And since I have zero experience at all with any type of impact sport, Jesse, please take it away. All right. So, when it comes to impact
1: sports, there's a lot of tricks and tips that you can get from multiple people, multiple sources, but it's kind of hard to get into just because it's such a unique Experience from the day to day life that everybody lives, that it's can kind of throw your blood sugars a little bit for a loop, but you know, it's all good. We just kind of figure it out and we go with the flow. That being said, every diagnosis is fluid. So if your doctor tells you, hey, this really isn't like a smart idea for your diabetes right now, I would probably listen to your doctor and go with that rather than listen to me and be like, oh, yeah, definitely go hit another person or. Go hit something and cause more trauma to your body, even though your doctor is severely warning you against it. So please don't do that. But in this episode, we'll be getting into what I know and answer some questions from my teammates who also have been wondering like, oh, how do you manage your diabetes and kind of get into that? So always being in a safe range when you are practicing is huge. I had to learn this kind of by trial and error for my body specifically, because the first year I played rugby was the first year I've done sports since COVID. So it was a huge learning experience of like, oh, yeah, this is what your blood sugar feels like when you're low in sports. And this is what it feels like to be comfortable at the beginning of practice versus the end of practice. So for me, impact sports had a little bit of a range shift. So I wanted to start out a little bit on my high side. So then by the time practice got over with, it was a little bit lower, but I didn't need a low snack. And that's generally where the sweet spot is, but it's really hard to find. And that goes for anybody too, not just impact sports, but general sports or at work and you're running around all day and you're cleaning or something, you're just running around. You always kind of want to like, if you're doing something physical and you know your body well enough, maybe starting on the higher side to start with and then progressively like lowering your blood sugar naturally is always a good thing to do. So my range from when I started was usually between 150 to 170. And I really liked it there because then by the time we got done, whether it was just conditioning, just contact or even scrimmaging, by the end, I would usually be about 70, 80 in the blood sugar range. And I felt really comfortable with that, comfortable enough to where I could drive home, go home, wouldn't have to wait for stuff to get over with or like have to do a correction for anything.
0: Did you ever notice um, that your number continued to go down after practice? If you're starting at like 150, 170, but then you end, end at like 70 or 80, do you mm-hmm. tr- still trend down and have to catch it with a low snack? I used to do that a lot in
1: high school. I remember that because we, I've talked to my doctor about that one time. I was like, listen, this isn't really working. Keep going low. I would just progressively drop. Now, so it's a little bit different because when I go home, I immediately have food ready for me, like I meal prep. So I'll just already have chicken and rice or chicken and vegetable, you know, some type of like carb when I eat so that it doesn't do that anymore. Generally speaking though, yeah, that used to happen a lot when we have earlier practices and I would just go back to studying. I would usually eat something after and either put, if it's a grill and bar put in half for it. If it's like a fruit snack, I would just eat it and then kind of catch the blood sugar if it goes high afterwards anyways. But some things I never did for practices that had a huge impact was I would never go to practice or a game feeling hungry or wanting food. I don't know why this is, but every time I personally get hungry or feel hungry, I go low. And usually it's a precursor of like oh i'm on the field i'm kind of hungry oh, i should go check my blood sugar i don't know why that is but every time i do get hungry i just end up going low
0: well i would imagine that your hunger signals are also tied to your glycogen stores or oh, yeah, whatever probably. the yeah. whatever the mechanism of your body being like yeah we need food because not only is the blood sugar dropping but also all the other energy requirements are high so right. that yeah. makes sense to me it does make sense but i would also never
1: practice when my blood sugar was above 300 because that can get kind of dangerous, especially, okay, I wouldn't say never practice. I wouldn't do tackle practice or I wouldn't do lifting practices because that kind of brought my blood sugar up. So I would do conditioning. I would run. I would do jumping jacks. I would do all of the regular stuff that we would do, like pre-practice workouts and just have my pump on. And then I would always check it, make sure it's below 300 and then put it away. Or put my take my pump off, but I would never like go into practice being like, oh, my blood sugar is like 325. I'm gonna take my pump off for two or three hours and not get any insulin whatsoever. So usually like I'll put in like five grams of carbs, do my warm-up stuff, and it'll like bring it down enough to where I can practice, be safe and comfortable, and then go ahead and take it off for a couple of hours and still Mm -hmm. continue to drop. So yeah, that's always what my safe ranges kind of look like. Never, I mean, it's up to you personally because it's your body, it's your choice. But for me, diabetes is so important that I wouldn't like risk my blood sugars just to go to practice, or I'd rather miss a practice or a game to feel safe with my blood sugars. Because of how, the way that impact sports work on your body is that it doesn't just like, end after you're done with the game or practice, it ends when your body's done healing from practice. So like bruises, cuts, scrapes, they all act differently from when our bodies are in range with blood sugar than they do when our blood bodies are out of range because of blood sugars. So like my bruises, when I get sick, they take longer to heal. When I get cuts and stuff like that, and my blood sugar is low, it's harder to stop the bleeding Than what it is when I'm in range because your body's working on trying to get your blood sugar up rather than clotting, you know, a cut. So that's my two cents. (laughs) My next point is to wear protection or the protection that they're giving you. So for football, you know, you have your shoulder pads, your leg pads, your helmet, which is super important. Mouth guards. Please wear your mouth guards. By the way, there was one time this last season where some girl knocked another girl's tooth out, and it was really disgusting. Because she wasn't wearing her mouth guard. So please wear your mouth guards. That'd be great. Have a spare. Bring one in your bag. Colleen's making a disgusted, disgusted face right now. But I mean,
0: knocking <laughs> the tooth out? Like, ah, uh, no.
1: no. No. So we couldn't find it after that, too. We just had to keep playing. And we all knew there was like... that. to make it worse. Tooth. Yeah. No, it was awful. I was like, this is... I'm going to... My face is going to be right on this ground next to the tooth. I know it. Luckily didn't happen, but still point remains that wear the pads or protection or gear that your coaches, athletic trainers that they're telling you to wear with rugby, it's different because the only thing we get is our mouth guards. So just wear, wear the one thing. If you have to play rugby, just wear the mouth guard. So for me with patches, that's a little different. So As we all know, I'm sure that, you know, we've all caught our arms or patches on like a door or a wood frame or ran into something and we take it off and there's like a small bruise there. So
0: on the day before Mother's Day, we were going to go on a hike and I go out onto the balcony to put sunscreen on and I, I just, I bump my sensor against the sliding door and it's done. Yep. It
1: hurts right off. Yeah. That is the worst thing ever. But yeah, so we've all done that. For me, my coach, when we're playing in 15 season, she makes me wrap my arm in like athletic tape and pre wrap because she doesn't want it falling off because that's gross on the field. And two, I also don't want it falling off or causing bruises, or I don't want somebody getting a cut from me wearing my medical equipment. And I know it sucks, but like it might be safe to have like the extra sticker. The extra wrap, whatever it is that you need to like cover an exposed patch might be a good choice. Specifically with diabetes, also take your jewelry out and no one wants a ripped out piercing. That can happen as well, especially with contact sports. Well, this is all rugby stuff. I don't know really about other contact sports. I'm sure the same rules apply, but always having that like good equipment and not having like exposed sharp pieces of metal or medical equipment is always a good option. I kind of wrapped it up for that. And then also having good shoes or footwear. So everything starts in your feet. That's why doctors check adult diabetics for foot stuff. Like they always tap your foot with that thing and make sure you have feeling in it because everything does start in your feet. Your foot feet have so many like nerves and like so many bones and like feelings and stuff like that. I don't, yeah, can you explain this better?
0: (laughs) Well, they're also the furthest away from your heart. And so the feet is where you're going to find signs of diabetic neuropathy first. And that's why the doctors will check that most often.
1: Right, exactly. So it's so important to have good footwear because when problems start, they start with your feet. And not only that, my mom just had surgery on her feet. And because she wasn't walking correctly on the one foot that she had to have surgery on, it screwed up not only her foot on that side, but also her knee. Her hips are now out of line, her knee on her other side, and also her ankle because it all, she was mm-hmm. walking weird on it for so long, it caused her to. She was learn compensating. To, yeah, she was learning how to walk the wrong way.
0: Now she has to relearn how to walk the right way. So I guess it's good that my chiropractor adjusts my hips by like yanking on my legs. If my feet are not the same length yep, or if my legs are not the same length. He does it every week. yes,
1: (laughs) As he should, (laughs) but yeah, definitely getting your feet checked. And then also for me, we wear cleats. So I like the ones with ankle supports more than I like the ones that are cut off below the ankle, just because. I know I have a tendency to be clumsy and fall and trip over stuff. So I'd rather have that extra support, especially with diabetes, that your feet are the first things to go. You know, that's why you see older type 2 diabetics or even older type 1 diabetics missing toes because they couldn't take care of their feet well enough to keep their toe, which is disgusting. But, you know, you have to take extra good care of yourself, especially your feet when it comes to sports, impact sports, any type of thing that you need, like specialty footwear. With contact sports, I've also learned to carry Aquaphor everywhere I go. I have Costco tubs full of Aquaphor because I have gotten so many cuts and scrapes and so many scar tissues, not only from rugby, but also from diabetes with the scar tissues and peeling stickers off and not peeling stickers off and Bad sites and going into arteries, you know, all of that stuff that you are afraid of as a diabetic of happening. It does happen. Aquaphor definitely helps a lot and always helps me prevent scar tissue from happening. Because one, you can't pick at it, like you can't pick at your scab. And two, it also helps heal it because it does have like that extra, it's gross, but that slimy layer on your skin of, hey, this doesn't have to get hit or. Stuff like that. So when it comes to healing cuts and scrapes, I usually recommend Aquaphor. And that's about it. Honestly, I don't have too many extra impact sports tips rather than don't go into it afraid. And that's just in general, don't go
0: into contact afraid and you'll be fine. So yeah, that's all I got. (laughs) All right, then now it's your turn. Do you guys have any experience with impact sports? So anything that's not rugby that that you would like to share your experience with, Or we would like to know if you're wondering on how to get started with impact sports because with rugby specifically, Jesse can help you out, but let us know. Remember you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the half dead pancreas club. It's my private community where you'll connect face to face with other people with type one diabetes, get personalized emotional support and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com slash community. I can't wait to see you there.